You're listening to the Discipleship for Busy Blokes podcast with host Nick Whitten. We're in conversation with ordinary blokes from all walks of life working out what it means to follow Jesus Christ. The podcast is a part of Empower, which is a global ministry serving the men of the Elim Pentecostal movement and beyond. We see men everywhere as having the potential to become a great band of brothers. And we look out for each other, encourage each other, and challenge each other to be the best and most whole version of ourselves that Jesus has in mind for us. You can find this podcast on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and more. Just search Elim Empower to find us. We publish a devotional email called Fuel for the Week straight to your email on a Monday morning at 6am to encourage and challenge you in your faith. If you are not already receiving these, please type empower.zone into your browser to find us and do sign up. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Just search Elim Empower. Join in the conversation, gents, and get yourselves connected in. You are very welcome to be a part of things. Discipleship for Busy Blokes. It's my very great pleasure to welcome Chris Cartwright to Discipleship for Busy Blokes. Uh, Welcome, Chris. Thank you, Nick. Really good to be with you guys today. Nearly all of the guys listening to the podcast will know who you are, uh, but there may be one or two that don't. So would you mind just introducing yourself, just say uh, who you are, a little bit about your family, and also uh, your role as well, if that's okay? Sure, happy to. Yeah, uh, so my name's Chris. I'm married to Annie, and we have three children, grown-up children. My, my youngest is back home with us over these last few months. She's at Liverpool University studying politics and back for an extended summer, and uh, it's great to have uh, Charlotte back with us. Then I've got a daughter who's 25-ish. She's married to a great guy. They're living in Bristol, and she's working for Amazon. Uh, loves God, just really passionate about him. And her husband, Joe, who's from California, uh, works for Apple. It's like a bit of a cliche there, isn't it? Amazon and Apple. But um, but uh, again, they're part of our Eden Church E5 in Bristol. And then my eldest is Jordan, who's 27. He's up in London. He's in Islington. He's teaching. He's a primary teacher. And they're just such a joy to us. So we haven't seen uh, the older ones in in a while, but uh, it's great to have been in, in lockdown where Wales were a little bit behind England in terms of just easing restrictions. But uh, it's been great to have Charlotte home with us over the summer. Uh, so that's me. In terms of ministry, I mean, I, I, I was a pastor's kid, even pastor's kid. I'd gone to America in my early 20s for graduate school and teaching there, then came running back to the UK, 85, kind of a bit wandered away from God, but came back to Kensington Temple in the midst of this explosive life in the church and growth. And I I was then trained there. I I left some education that I was working in to go and be part of a rookie on the team with Wynne Lewis and then Colin Dye and started as a worship pastor. And actually, Mark Lyndon Jones, my buddy and mate, back then he started me in worship ministry by um, getting me to play a bit in the band. And and then when he was leaving London, he asked me to lead the uh, 18 to 30s group kind of worship team then. So it kind of kick-started massive things for me in terms of just seasons of ministry. I was a very poor guitar player who I could either sing or play the guitar, couldn't be both at the same time. <laughs> yeah. um, but we had some fun, Mark and I, back in those days. We were part of a really dynamic 20-somethings group of people in London, and God was moving, and it was just extraordinary. So I was a Pentecostal pastor's kid, been in church a long time, heard lots, but not seen very much of really the power of God at work in dramatic ways until those times. And, and God was moving in such a way that I suddenly came alive to me. I was running back to God, really, running back to the call of God. Anyway, next 12 years or so at, at Kensington Temple at KT, 
I was involved in ministry and then in 97 came to Wales to Cardiff to lead the Cardiff Elan Church right in the city centre. Did that for about 13 years. And then since then, I've been in a national role with Elim, first as a regional leader for Wales and the South West, and uh, latterly last four years as Elim's national leader. We call it general superintendent, but a lot of people don't make much sense of that title, so <laughs> national leader will do. So that's me, living Cardiff still, Nick. Uh, that's a great introduction. Thanks so much for that. I just wanted to jump straight in and uh, and kind of say the podcast is called Discipleship for Busy Blokes. Uh, yeah. And so it's ever so helpful to hear from a very, very busy bloke. How do you manage everything? I mean, you know, uh, I'm, we're so appreciative you've taken some time today to chat and, and to sort of connect yeah. with us. But have you got any secrets or clues? What is it? What is it that helps you get through all your priorities? You know, it's the million-dollar question, isn't it? I think every time that uh, you hear kind of um, people giving a, a little bit about their, their life and their story, those that follow Jesus, you know, so often uh, that's the question I want to ask them. How do you do it really, really, honestly, <laughs> off stage? You know? yeah. But I think I'd want to say that more and more I'm recognizing this is a question that's coming to the surface. It really is. I mean, over the summer, I've been going through very slowly the the John Mark Homer book, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which I know loads of my friends have been reading. Sure. It was the top Christmas present in the Cartwright household back in the day when we could be all in the same room. We unpacked our presents and five people got that book for Christmas oh, wow. and they given it to each other. <laughs> um, I haven't really honestly found the secret of the the perfect rhythm of life, but I do find that a number of things are coming to the surface. Number one, we all get pushed, pressured into an extraordinary level of busyness that seems to make no sense when we stop and really reflect. So I think we need to not beat ourselves up about that. I guess that, Nick, what I'll be interested to see is how coming out of the, the COVID crisis that has, has been so dramatic and so traumatic for many, actually, how are we going to make sense of some of the changes to our rhythms that are not just about how we spend our day, but some of the deeper things about what that does with our hearts, with our spirits, with our soul, with our kind of sense of our own purpose and well-being. And, and what I would say is I found these last few months very, very helpful, although they've been challenging because it's been crazy busy. But actually, there has been a real sense of God speaking into my life about slowing down and appreciating simple things. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's as much as not being able to go out in Wales up until just last Sunday, we could only go five miles and everything being local. In a sense, not being able to go out, not being able to do some of the usual stuff. And even what was usual was being done in a different way online. I think has given an opportunity to rethink and reappraise. I suppose I've got two principles that I try and really stick to. The first one is trying not to carry things that I can't deal with today. So that we've all got to-do lists and busy schedules, busy lives. But I, I'm regularly seeking God to say, Lord, I'm going to worry myself sick over this if I have to carry this yeah. today mm. or right now. I don't have the answer, don't have the solution. Will you give me wisdom? Will you give me courage? Will you give me energy when I need it to deal with this? It doesn't mean that there aren't still things to do today, but something of the weight of pressure. I'm trying to to live differently, trying to offload and then pick it up when I need to and when I can. And I think the other thing is we're all wired differently. So increasingly getting to know what energizes you 
as a guy you know oh, what good. is it yeah. you know mm-hmm. for me worship is a thing you know worship music and just being able to to, to listen or to sing or to uh, sit in silence but worship re-energizes me but i'm finding some other ways you know things like exercise and getting out into the fresh air is is never used to really do anything for me but now it is so i'm finding that uh, it it has never been more important that, uh, to get some changes to the rhythm and the pattern. And I guess that for many guys, there might be some ways, whatever these last months have been like for, for you, where don't underestimate the opportunity to, to reset some things over the next few weeks, next few months, and just try and hold on to some of the things that God may have been speaking to you about in terms of some changes that you could make. The ability to give uh, like a burden uh, to God and, and get him to perhaps carry that. I'm really yeah. fascinated to hear you say that because I actually wrote on my notes here to ask you a question uh, about that very area. I heard a great concept wow. from um, Stuart Keir of Audacious Church one time. And he yeah. he, drew, he yeah. did a message which was just so helpful to me as a person. He kind of talked about the difference between a load and a burden in the context Good. of Abraham and Isaac going up the mountain because Isaac right. has the bird sorry Isaac has the load he's got the sticks but he can put those down at any time but Abraham yeah. has the burden he can't really put down the knowledge of what God's asked him to do and and sort of stop that and you referred really? earlier to this ability to uh, not sort of overly worry about the things that you can't deal with that day Is, have you yeah. got any advice for guys who maybe struggle with that concept is there a technique that you use or is it something done through prayer how do you get god to help you carry the burdens i guess is the is the short question i think that i'm making it a journey that i'm on rather than a formula or a technique okay yeah yeah so what i mean by that nick is sometimes i'll be saying lord this is worrying me yeah i feel my blood pressure rising i feel my heart racing i know there's this issue and i'm anxious about it or i'm thinking we've got to sort this out or i've got a deadline Lord, help me with this. It's not like I'm denying the fact that I'm I'm, I'm struggling with it right now. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I can't just cast it off immediately. But I'm saying, Lord, help me with this. Will you just settle me? So one, one of the things I'll do is just say it like that. Lord, help. Right now I feel anxious. I'm, I know this is going to wind me up. I'll write a rubbish email. I'll, I'll have a phone call I regret. Yeah. You know, if I mm-hmm. deal with it now, I'm just going to pause. And sometimes it is I'm going for a walk. I'm putting on some worship music. I'm just going to do something else for a while. I'm coming back to it, Lord, but I leave it with you. Um, and, and so it's kind of also just that growing trust that that's okay. I mean, yeah. obviously, there are some things you have to deal with right away. But actually, many of the things that I find, you know, the tapes we play in our mind, can we still say tapes? You know, they, they go <laughs> round and round in a loop. The things that wake us in the night or first things we're thinking about in the morning. Actually, I'm trying to go through that. Some of them. I'll write a list. I need to do that later. Some of them I'll just get a notebook out. But actually a bunch of them saying, Lord, I'm I'm taking this and asking that you that you do something with this. Because mainly I'm finding actually that sometimes the energy that we give to to things that are, are really unwarranted of that kind of attention are so draining you know yeah. they can stop mm. us doing so much um so it, it's not that i'm there but i'm i'm making that a regular part of my prayer life lord help me with this right yeah. right now help me with this phone call no i don't mean this one you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but you know you've got a tough call to make you've got a meeting with somebody you know you, you you know there's a there's a strained relationship or whatever and even just making prayer that practical 
conversation with God, help me, Lord. And also having those other things that, you know, you draw to from knowing yourself in terms of what gives you a sense of peace or a sense of refocusing who you are in the moment. I would say, though, that the load builds up without noticing. They've been talking over the the initial COVID outbreak around the world about this concept of viral load. That those that are on the front line, you know, it's this constant, constant load that Mm. builds up as they're exposed and exposed over more time. You know, we don't notice the things that are being loaded on us. We we notice the big stuff when it comes, a sudden, but that daily, the the daily load keeps going. going. I'm finding that quite helpful at the moment. I'm thinking, actually, for many people over these last months, life has been so different. Parents at home, you know, uh, those in or out of work or in fear of losing their job. Actually, the load is, is subtler than we often think about. No wonder you're feeling tired. No wonder actually maybe you're snappy with the the wife or the kids or your mates, you know, because actually there is this load that just keeps coming at us. And it's okay to say, hey, I need help with this. Sometimes I just need to see it, recognize it. But other times I need somebody to help me pull some of it off my life. Discipleship for busy blokes. Are there any kind of key passages from the Bible that you would see as a touchstone for your life and your ministry? I've loved Paul's letters to Timothy, and as a a young guy, I remember already uh, giving my life to Jesus and already feeling that he had a real sense of, you know, purpose and and destiny for my life. And, and, you know, this uh, man, Timothy, that gets this download of wisdom from Paul, his kind of father in the face. So the letters to Timothy are really, really significant for me. And there's some other passages that, that have been kind of lifelong, you know, my baptism verse, a promise was out of uh, the book of Isaiah, you know, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength, they'll rise up, you know, just a powerful promise. Yeah. But mm. I, I was just thinking about that. There's a bit at the end of 2 Timothy where and I think this is really blokey, actually, that in 2 Timothy 4, Paul's kind of signing off the letter. And so he says, do your best to come to me soon, for Demas, in love with the present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica, and Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he's very useful to me for ministry. And, and when you come, bring the cloak that I left and also the books. And then he goes on about this guy called Alexander, who's, who's done great harm to the church and, and left him. And I heard a, a, a leader talk about this passage uh, a few years ago, and it's gripped me. It stuck with me because um, it's one of my favorite books in the Bible, you know. Uh, and he spoke about Paul as a vulnerable leader, as a vulnerable man. As a guy who, in that passage, he's lonely, he feels pretty much on his own, apart from Luke. He's talking about people that he loves and he wants them to be with him. He's cold, he's bored, and he's disappointed. He's disappointed in the way that others who should have been with him have... And I just think that's so real. So I just want to kind of grab out of those letters where Paul talks life stuff to Timothy about carrying on, not giving up, about loving God wholly, about watching his own life as well as preaching to others. There's this Paul himself dropping the veil, you know, taking off the mask and saying, hey, you know, actually there's stuff going on in my life as a man that I am really struggling with. And I think it's a rare glimpse, actually. Thank thank the Lord it's there. But there are times recently where, you know, as we're going through so much, all of us, I'm, I'm just recognizing that it's okay to be human it's okay to be vulnerable because even something in in acknowledging that sometimes helps us to appreciate you know the friends that we 
we're in relationship with, the, the family that we have, the, the privilege that we have to do life together, and at least to try to do that. Um, and I think that's really real. And I just want to kind of put it out there that sometimes the Bible will creep up on you and surprise you at how real these guys were and yeah, how yeah. like us they were. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think it's always really sobering to kind of be reminded that we're finite, you know, and yeah. and, and God isn't. And, and sometimes we look to God and he's so infinite and powerful. We, we kind of feel, oh, we need to rub that off on us. But actually, he doesn't yeah. really require that of us. You know, we can yeah, be finite yeah. so we can be limited. Uh, you probably won't remember this, but uh, I was going through my MIT in 2010 and uh, you came along to the uh, MIT conference uh, at uh, Malvern and yeah. uh, you recommended some books. And one particular book uh, that really had an impact on me that you recommended was the book It by Craig Rochelle. And um, yeah. I bought that and was very inspired by it. And, uh, and then more lately, I think perhaps it was a couple of years ago now, you put on Twitter, uh, you'd been reading a book called On Tyranny. So uh, and I, I bought that and read that and really enjoyed that as well. So I'm someone that tends to follow your book recommendations <laughs> around and I pick up stuff that you read and follow it as well. Is there anything that you've read just lately that's uh, really spoken to you a lot? I tend to read very widely. I, I joke that, you know, I've studied English literature and got degrees in that, taught it, and kind of taught me to pretend I'd read lots of books and, and talk, you know, reasonably intelligently about them. But over, over, but I do love to read, and I'm usually working on six or eight at, at, at any one time. At the moment, a couple of things that are really speaking to me. I'm really enjoying Scattered Servants by Alan Scott. Alan's a dear friend of ours in England, yeah. and I think he's kind of put together in this book, Scattered Servants, so much about what we know God is saying to the wider church. It's not just gathered church, actually quite timely for us now, when there's been so much around the disruption that we've all faced in terms of our worship life, our community life together, and, you know, what does it mean to be church in a changing season? And as we're going back, loads of people are thinking about not just what does the service look like on a Sunday, but actually what does God want us to do in this next season in terms of responding to others around us? Uh, the trauma of what has gone on in, in wider communities and families. How do we do that? How do we, how do we go back? How do we reset with a, a very much real hope, genuine compassion, and a real sense of purpose together as followers of Jesus? And I think Scattered Servants is superb, uh, reminding us of the broader vision of Jesus for us to be a people on mission, a people doing life together, all kinds of people, but scattered servants, not just gathered. And I think that the real is not just scattered instead of gathered. I think we've got to go forward with this sense that we are meant to be a scattered people. When we gather, there's purpose in it, and it, it energizes and equips us for the rest. But it's the gathered and the scattered church in every community that in the coming years is going to really make a difference. So that, that's uh, really one. There's one that I've just picked up. Everybody was buying it on Amazon, so um, it's finally come through. We need to talk about race by Ben Lindsay, and that's been recommended to me. And I'm just starting that because of some of the, not only how topical that is right now, but just this growing sense in many of us that we we really have kind of coasted on on this issue for a while. I think for us, Nick, you know, we have a great opportunity in many of our church communities to see different nationalities, different ethnicities, different backgrounds, cultures, races, nations together on mission, becoming disciples of Jesus together. But I, I do think there's more for us to do in really, really understanding what the Spirit is about in making us one. Um, yeah, so yeah. That, that's one that I'm committing to. I'm always a Malcolm Gladwell fan. He writes for The New Yorker. 
and one of my favourite books ever that I you know regularly go back to is Outliers by him. Yeah. But he's also got a great one at the moment called Talking to Strangers. He tends to be a guy that is, is able to take complex issues and simplify them. So Outliers by Gladwell is fantastic in talking about success. And he talks about it in ways that are really accessible. The three lessons, you know, number one, some people seem to have an innate ability, don't they? Whether it's in, you know, uh, sport or in art. But actually, he makes the point that that's really important, but it's not the only thing. There's also hard work, you know, the 10,000-hour rule. So he talks about that in very powerful ways, ways that will preach. But then the third thing, this is what gets me. It's almost a cliche, people who've worked hard and got some ability but they don't ever go as far as they could. What what else is it? And he calls it outrageous opportunity. That there's something when we really look, somebody's given them a chance. Somebody's said, come with me. Somebody's given them an opportunity that's way beyond their pay grade. Maybe their their ability right now, or they, they jump the queue in some way. Somebody's given them an opportunity to do something. And he just makes the points in such a brilliant way. This is discipleship for busy blokes, busy blokes, busy blokes. It's not just the printed page, is it? Actually, a podcast, a, uh, a blog, you know, the stuff that you guys are putting out to, to empower and encourage guys out in the real world is fantastic. I certainly identify with this idea of the, the outrageous opportunity because uh, I, I remember, you know, first becoming a Christian uh, in Mark Ryan's church back in 2000 uh, in Letchworth. Yeah. Uh, we were going through the purpose driven life in about, I think it was 2003, yeah. I think it was. And yeah. um, uh, I was reading that book and uh, I suddenly got the concept. And now I recognize what that is, which is a prompting of the Holy Spirit. But I kind of suddenly got this idea that I should retrain from IT and um, become uh, you know, like a minister. And um, wow. uh, when I went to see Mark about it, I completely and totally expected he'd say, well, not really sure, but he was very empowering. You know, he's very supportive yeah. of the idea and wrote me a letter and all that stuff and really backed me and uh, wow. has given me that opportunity and has subsequently, you know, obviously given me more opportunities. I'm working with him now in BCC. Absolutely. So he's, he's a great guy yeah. for, for, for doing that kind of level of opportunity. And he spots things in people. And so you need those people who can really help you along, don't you? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I wanted yeah. to uh, ask if you'd be willing to have a go at a bit of a game we play on the podcast, if that's okay. Um, it's go a on. game called uh, Spin the Wheel, and uh, it's an <laughs> app. And, uh, and what it does is it just kind of puts blokes a little bit on the spot. What we'll do is we'll have a go at spinning the wheel, and uh, we'll see what categories it comes up. And we'll just ask you to uh, respond on that. Is that going to be all right? Can we do that? Yeah. Great. Yeah. So yeah. Here we'll we go. go. We're going to spin the wheel. And we have got... Wow, we have got car. So that is fantastic. Uh, we have car there. Um, so um, talk to us about cars. We're we're kind of uh, completely shameless uh, on on this about uh, you know brands and things like that. So uh, go ahead and uh, tell us about a car. Fantastic. Okay, I'll tell you that, that my dream car I think would be an Aston Martin, probably a, a DB9. I had a drive in one one of these racetrack things that where my daughter had bought me for a Christmas present, a driving experience. That was fantastic. But I might change it, change it slightly in that uh, we moved house a year ago and there's a neighbour about four doors away whose mate has a Lamborghini. Oh. And, 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 and I, I know, who, <laughs> you know, who 
has mates like that, but he's got it right now in his garage because oh. his mate's away, his mate's out of the country. And so literally the other day I drove past his house and he had it out. He had it out on the driveway for just briefly while he was moving some stuff around. Oh, goodness. And uh, wow, wow. I, th- I think that's that a relationship be. to build, Chris. You need, orange, to, you need to get yourself a ride in that at some point when the lockdown's I, I, I know. Yeah. I don't think he's dead. He's just, he's just hiding it in his garage most of the time <laughs> oh. while his mate's away. Wow. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so you'd like yeah. a you'd like an Aston Martin. Great stuff. Let's see if we can get this to uh, run again. We'll just do one more if that's okay, and then we'll, we'll wrap yeah. up and pray with the guys. Um, yeah. Here we go. What have we got on this now? Okay, so the category this time is a journey, uh, some kind of a journey that you've perhaps been on. Could be a spiritual journey, or it could be an actual physical journey as well. Um, so 2009, it was my final year, I didn't know it then, of uh, being the lead pastor at Cardiff Church. I was meant to have six weeks uh, kind of mini sabbatical. I was feeling unwell, though, and my first week, instead of being, you know, kind of energized for sabbatical, actually, I was at the doctor's. Um, I'd, I had weeks and weeks of tests, what's wrong with me? I just have total fatigue and just felt awful. Anyway, to cut a long story short, and we'd been saving and we'd booked a trip to the west coast of America and then to Hawaii. We'd taken years to do that. We'd really wanted to go. I wasn't well enough to go to the corner shop. Um, oh, you know, man. so I'm, I'm, I'm agonizing over that. Eventually, through a friend of a friend, a doctor sat down with me and said, I'll tell you in the next week whether you're well enough to go. And he did loads of tests, um, including heart, heart and stuff like that. And um, we went. I, I began over that, that holiday West Coast just to be re-energized. And then eventually the final dream bit of the trip in Hawaii, we landed at a l- little Kona airport where YWAM have a base uh, and just picked up a little hire car driving out and I switched the radio on. It was a dream trip by then. I mean, just so beautiful to be out there. And the moment I switched the radio on, uh, one or two may have heard, heard me tell this story. A song came on the radio that was from a Kensington Temple live worship album that I'd been the worship leader and, and pro- exec producer on that album. So we're in Hawaii. I've just turned on a hire car and it starts to play no a song that says God is so good. That's, that's I, start, I burst into tears. The kids wow. are panicking, saying, Mum, what's going on? Why is Dad? She's crying. And I just felt the presence of God. And it was, it was like I'd been feeling so weak, Nick. I'd been feeling like, Lord, what's going on? You know, what's going on with me? I was scared. Have I got something really sinister? You know, and just feeling really low. And the other side of the world, God nails me. And, and with a song from my album at KT, all that, not my personal, but our album. And it was like he, he put his arms around me. It's Psalm 139, you go to the other side of the earth, I'm with you. Wherever you go, you know, I'm with you. And I just felt like a son uh, that, that was just being healed by the Father. So that's my journey story. <laughs> wow, that, that's unbelievable. What an incredible story. I'm so moved to hear that. Amazing. Oh, that's just, that's made my day. Brilliant to hear that, Chris. Thank mm. you so much. Um, would you be kind enough to uh, close the podcast just by praying for the gents listening? Is that all right? Love to. Thank Absolutely you. love to. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to that moment in uh, 2 Timothy 4 when Paul drops the mask, drops the guard and reveals that he's a bloke, he's a vulnerable bloke, that with all his highs and all his lows actually right now he just wants some mates around him, he wants some stuff to to be purposefully doing and, and, and it's just very, very ordinary, very real uh, and I'm going to pray for us as guys, to every guy that's listening to this, wherever you are in the name of Jesus 
I pray for you that you will know that you are loved, that you can make it, that Jesus calls you by name, that he believes in you, not because of who you are and what you've done, but because of who you are with him and what he's done for you. And from this moment, I pray that your strength will be renewed, your courage will be renewed, your heart will be softened as well as strengthened, and that you will know that he is determined, committed to be your friend alongside, your co-partner. In Jesus' name, be strong. The Lord loves you and the Lord is with you. Amen. <laughs> 